Do you ever find yourself yearning to look beyond the obvious and dreaming about what's possible in your next chapter? Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, former corporate executive who turned the page to become a best-selling author, entrepreneur, designer, and lifestyle business consultant. Episodes feature me and a kaleidoscope of guests who share their journeys with wit, candor, and humor, breathing life into real talks about things that matter most. I believe we all have a fire burning within us, waiting to be unleashed and shared with the world. It may just be a matter of time. So let's get together, turn the page, and get this adventure started. Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Lissette. Today's guest is Julian Hayes II, and Julian is an executive health consultant and epigenetic atelier and the host of Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs. Julian, welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. Thank you so much for having me here. It is an absolute honor, and thank you for the warm introduction there. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So another question that I had for you was around the different devices, mm-hmm. you know, like the Fitbit. Most of the, what I track on the Fitbit are my steps and my sleep. Those are the mm-hmm. two things. A lot of people ask me when I exercise, how many calories does that burn? I don't track calories burn. I just do my routine and know that I got it in. But when I use the Fitbit, it mostly is for my steps and then for my sleep. So what are some of the recommendations you have for different devices and what they can do? I guess first devices, Fitbit's good. Apple Watch is good. There's a Whoop device. There's a- what about the ring, the Aura? The, the Aura ring, yeah, that's just for sleep and maybe one or two other basic things. That's pretty good. And there's something called a BioStrap. And then I mentioned the Garmin's. And those are probably the ones that I would look toward. Depending on your goals and your level of comfortability and love of data kind of dictates which device to get. I agree with you. I'm not really concerned about calories. If anything, I think that's probably one of the least accurate things is calories on these devices and calories even on like a treadmill if you're running on a treadmill. So I don't really pay attention to that that much. Now, steps is good. Overall activity levels is good to measure. Like you said, sleep is good. And when you're looking at sleep, you can see the breakdown of sleep. So how much deep sleep did you get? How much REM sleep did you get? How much light sleep did you get? And potentially how many awakenings did you get throughout the night? So you can break that sleep architecture down even more. And heart rate's another good thing to look at. There's something called HRV, which is another good metric to look at. Those are probably the basic ones. And each device is going to have its own way of telling you how recovered and ready you are for the next day. That's another good metric to look at as well. I have seen that on the Fitbit and and every now and then they'll say, no, girlfriend, you just need to chill. So I don't know exactly what it's measuring when it Mm -hmm. tells me, Jeanette, today is going to be a great day. Take it up a notch. Some of those days I do feel pretty good, but the days when they tell me, no, you can take it easy today. I feel great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These things are not 100% accurate just yet. If anything, it's a, it's kind of a guide just to give you a little awareness, just to kind of give you a little daily check-in. Whereas 
maybe in the old times, as I call it, you go to a routine checkup for your doctor one to two times a year. Whereas with these devices, we have a mini routine checkup 365 days out of the year. And so we get a lot of more insight into how our bodies are going to work. Another thing I forgot to mention is our respiratory rates, our different breaths per minute and blood oxygen levels as well as skin temperature. So you can really get in the weeds with these things. And for me, I look at it as I won't let it dictate my training with what comes up, but unless I'm just severely low and then I know something's up, but I'm pretty good at learning my body and knowing, okay, something's not right. Something's up in in those regards. And I think that's just something you learn as you get more in tune with your body. So my body is moderately recovered today, which makes sense. I had a pretty intense run and, and lifting session yesterday. So it should be that. Do I feel as low in the recovery as it tells me? Uh, not necessarily, but these things are accurate enough that it's not too far off. And just because I physically on the outside don't feel any effects in terms like my joints or anything like that, doesn't mean that maybe cellularly and maybe my cardiovascular system that it's a little beat down from the last few days of running and training. Well, today my readiness score is 100. Oh, that's perfect. You can get after today. <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually enjoy exercising. Mm-hmm. So unlike some people who may have the kind of mindset like, oh, today is Thursday, today is my day, it's Thursday. I don't think that way. I just say, I get to do this today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy sleeping. You do not. I do not. I, I mean, I have to, I think, because there's so many things I, I, I want to do and, and learn. So I'm just like, ah, I guess I got to go to sleep. Ugh. So that's the thing I don't like. I don't like going to sleep. Well, but sleep is it's competitive when it comes to my sleep. <laughs> I look at it, I'm like, okay, all right, this is my score yesterday. Okay, let's see if I can do a better job today. When I go to sleep, so I'm actually looking forward to seeing how my day impacts my ability to get at least seven. Yeah, I typically, when it comes to sleep, I typically say, did I at least get three hours of combined REM and deep sleep and those two things together combined, then my quality of sleep is most likely going to be higher than normal. So a few more questions. When you're working with the different clients, uh, do you pay attention to their ages in terms of where they are in their life relative to the type of physical condition they are in or the goals that they have? How do you work with the different age ranges? I look at their chronological age, but it's just chronological age. And I'm more concerned with their biological age. And we can measure that. That's actually one of the tests that I have access to is we will test their chronological age compared to their biological age in both the extrinsic and intrinsic way. So for myself, I'm 35 years old chronologically. Biologically, I'm a shade over 31 years old. So for every 12 months, I'm aging around nine months right now, and it's decreasing a little bit. And so that's kind of more of the thing I'm looking at. Yes, we'll recognize age, but I think that's the old way of thinking just that, oh, I'm 50 or I'm 40. So it's supposed to be like this for health for me. So I try to wipe that away as quick as possible and say, hey, just because you're getting older chronologically doesn't mean that you cannot feel and move at a high quality level still. Maybe in certain athletic endeavors, you might not be dunking the basketball or something, or your 40 time might not be as good as it was at 22. But for all intents and purposes, it doesn't make sense to me to expect a decrease in quality of life and movement just because you took another trip around the sun. That just never made sense to me. So I guess to answer that question, I do take Asia to account, but more importantly, I, I take their story and how they lived. And that's what a lot of these different tests tell me. This is how you live. Cool. That's in the past now, but where do we want to go? That's what I'm most concerned with. What kind of future do we want to create? That's all I care about. So just always looking forward and up and never really backing down too much. So is there a way of improving your markers? 
Absolutely. It's through a lot of it starts with sound nutrition, sound sleep, and then exercising. That's the foundation to everything. And then you can start to add on maybe things such as strategic supplementation or even like peptides and other things out there. But those are never the things that I start with. I always make sure the foundation is there because that's 85 to about 90% of the whole thing. And then that 10%, the 15%, that's really going to put the gasoline on the foundation and make it go even higher. That's where we start strategically adding in these different newer technological modalities and supplementations. With nutrition being the foundation can be very complicated based on preferences, based on their attitude towards perhaps cooking, preparing meals, eating out. And of course, you have the emotional attachment to certain foods Mm -hmm. based on backgrounds and and, and stories that that, that people have of their lives. So how do you work with that? You pretty much said a lot of key points there. Your attitudes, your beliefs, and where you're coming from and your background, that's going to dictate a lot of stuff initially. So there's a keto diet, there's carnivore diets, there's Mediterranean style diets, there's island diets, and some have more carbs than others, some have more fats. And so I typically, for myself, I, I would think, okay, I love carbohydrates. I love potatoes. I love rice. I love to have that in my meals. So with me doing a keto diet and a carnivore diet really be beneficial for me? Maybe it would help some things, but for my social aspects and just my overall lifestyle enjoyment, I would enjoy it because when I go out to dinners with friends, I have to order a certain way. Whereas for other people, They love just meat and vegetables. They don't care about the other things. So at the forefront is what do you actually enjoy? And that makes sense. What do you actually enjoy? Then we can say, okay, let's look at your genetics. Let's see if this matches up and let's make a few tweaks here and there. But for the most part, from what I've seen, typically more fish as a protein is beneficial and a reduction in more of the red meat. Now I know there's always outliers. So that's why I always make a preference to say that there's outliers, but typically, and I can say with myself, when I changed my diet over to more fish as my main protein source, I felt better. Like my inflammation went down my joints and just a lot of different things improved for me. So that's things like sardines, mackerel and salmon and trout and a whole host of other fish. And a lot of those fish that I name right there, because I know sometimes people get worried about mercury. You hear that is those fishes have a lot more selenium in there than the mercury. So that selenium is going to bind and take care of that mercury. And once again, this is where you go in more detail. We each process mercury differently. So some of us may need to supplement in terms of helping those detox genes and getting that mercury out of our system, where some of us have that self-regulating system that's working fully functionally and fine. But for the most part, getting more omega-3s in our diet is beneficial because at the culprit of most, nearly all chronic illnesses is inflammation, whether it's in the brain, whether it's in our joints, our muscles, our gut, it is inflammation for the most part. And probably as you found out with your diet, some of these quote unquote healthy foods cause some of this irritation as well. So that's why I would tell most people to eat plants and vegetables and fruits. But then there's a small subset of people out there who can't tolerate that. And it's actually when it goes in their system, it's like an enemy form and the defenses are going to go up and they're going to have these autoimmune responses. I don't want it to sound confusing. I just want you to keep an open mind, stick with the traditional things that are typically so-called healthy, but also be mindful 
how you're feeling and how you're responding to these foods. And don't just force yourself to eat something just because you think it's healthy. I talk about nutrition and it's basically how can I get from, let's say, Nashville to Los Angeles? There's many different ways I can take a car. I can take a train. I can run. I can walk. I can fly. I can bike. I can motorcycle. There's so many different tools and they all have the same goal of getting me there. And that's the way I look at nutrition. There's so many different ways of getting to a healthy place Mm -hmm. to having these healthy biomarkers with the cholesterol, with the insulin and so forth. The key is just to have an open mind and to just keep tinkering until you find something that is ideal for you. But also more importantly, something that blends easily with the rest of your life and is integrated into one. Mm -hmm. That's that's very sound advice. In fact, when I did make a transition from eating a lot of meat, which I never really was a big red meat eater at that time, Mm -hmm. and mostly chicken for the most part. But when I transitioned to wild caught salmon and other fishes much more in my weekly eating plan, over time, the inflammation was reduced. And I actually felt better than I've ever felt before. So I know that eating less of the red meat and even chicken, eating fish for me, for me, actually was very, very beneficial. Didn't happen overnight. Consistency and paying attention to what I was adding and what I was taking away, I was able to fashion a plan that actually allows me to feel really good. So what's the question that I didn't ask you that I should ask you? Because you are a wealth of knowledge for all of the time you've been in this space. You really have accumulated a lot of knowledge. So what should I have asked you as it relates to either entrepreneurs in their pursuits or entrepreneurs? What's the question I should have asked you? I want to say we briefly touched on it, but probably what's something I can do today to really start shifting the paradigm and in terms of living a longer, richer and healthier life. And I, I think I think we talked about that, though, to a little bit. And I think just to expound on it even more is to start by really really just slowing down. I can't say it enough because the world speeds us up. The world moves so fast now and there's always constant stimulation now. And it's so easy to just get caught in a very predictable cycle of going throughout our days and just doing things and never really pausing to check in and to say, what direction am I moving in? So I really want to challenge listeners to take a pause and to see the way you're living. What's your definition of optimal health? What does it mean to you? How do you look? How do you move? How are you feeling? And is that current way of living matching up in congruence with that vision that you cast, that standard? And if it's not, it's no biggie because you've made the most important step, which is now you have the awareness because you can't change anything that you're not aware of. So no matter where you are on that pendulum or how far you feel away from your ultimate standard and vision, you have the awareness now. And now you can take steps to that. And once you have that, just don't overwhelm yourself. Think about what are maybe one or two simple things that I can start doing that will place me closer to this more idealized version of myself. Very good. I appreciate you sharing that. And one last question for you, though. Okay. My question. (laughs) What's next? What's next for you? What's on the horizon for Julian Hayes II? I think personally, it's just to enjoy. And so I tend to want to control a lot of variables and I learning to just surrender and let go. I even have meditations on it now of just to go with flow more, just be a little more easygoing, just be patient. And that's what my mentor constantly reminds me of is that just, just be patient. It's fine. Just let it go. And a lot of times what I've found on a few things and then talking to other people is that when you let go and you quit applying so much pressure to something, it just happens so 
for instance, with weight, you hear some people, they're just, I got to get these 10 pounds off. I got to get these 10 pounds off. And they're just always stressing over it. But then when they finally just breathe and surrender to the process and just try to enjoy life in the process more and don't think about it as much, what they notice is that, oh, it just came off. It came off effortlessly or, oh my goodness, I'm five pounds down. How did this happen? And that's like a life metaphor there. So for personally, it's just to enjoy life more, keep up some hobbies and so forth. And I think professionally, it's just to keep advancing and carrying forth the mission. And so it's just to continue to do more of what I'm doing and maybe expand it. And- it sounds like a master plan. So how can our listeners contact you? So you can just go to artoffitnessandlife.com and all the information will be there. Or if you just wanted to directly email me with any questions, it can be julian at theartoffitnessandlife.com. Fantastic. Well, Julian, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation today. I know your time is at a premium. Thanks so much for being a guest on the next chapter. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's truly an honor. I definitely appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Next Chapter Experience. If you have already subscribed, rated, and left a review, or shared this podcast with a friend, many, many thanks. For questions, comments, or feedback, reach out to me at Jeanette Lissette at nextchapterexperience.com. We'll be back with more conversations, so until then, keep that fire burning. And